Welcome to the WFMT audio stream, co-sponsored by Wintrust. With Wintrust's amazing new CD rates, you can earn even more. Go to Wintrust.com slash LockNewRates or visit one of Wintrust's more than 170 locations today. Member FDIC. Thank you, Jan. Returning tonight to the Levin Performance Studio is pianist Matthew Hagel with a program featuring music by Brahms, Debussy, and Bartok. Now, Matt, as you may know, is a very busy soloist. He's won uh, half of a piano duo with his wife, Mio. His uh, violinist, Rachel Barton Pines, go-to collaborator, is a longtime faculty member at the Music Institute of Chicago, and is a regular and highly valued contributor to this series. But he hasn't been back with us since the onset of the pandemic, so this is a particularly happy occasion for us here at WFMT. Just a reminder at the outset, video of tonight's broadcast can be found at WFMT.com as well as at our Facebook and YouTube channels. Matt's going to begin with the first of two Brahms sets he'll be playing for us this evening. And by the way, yesterday marked Brahms' 190th birthday. Brahms began and ended his creative life writing for his instrument, the piano. The three Opus 117 Intermezzi are among the last pieces he wrote. They date from 1892. These pieces are not about virtuosity, but rather reflection. The first piece has a preface, which Brahms provided. It's a text from a Scottish lullaby, Lady Anne Bothwell's Lament, and it reads, Balu, my babe, lie still and sleep. It grieves me sore to see thee weep. Of the second intermezzo, Charles Burr has written that it is composed in Brahms's rainy weather mood. The third intermezzo, Burr writes, is Shirley Brahms at his bluest. In the middle part, a kind of fearful cheerfulness is attempted, but the brave attempt is doomed. Brahms himself referred to this last piece as the lullaby of all my griefs. The three intermezzi of Opus 117 are marked Andante Moderato, Andante Non Troppo e Con Molto Espressione, and Andante Con Moto. And here is Matt Hagel to play them for us.
Matthew Hagel, our pianist this evening, on live from WFMT, and we just heard him in the three intermezzi, Opus 117 by Johannes Brahms. Matt, first of all, welcome. It's great to have you back. Uh, thank you. It's wonderful to be back here. I love the fact that you're juxtaposing, quite frankly, Debussy and Brahms, mm. because I certainly won't be the first person to say this, but they do represent to a certain extent, different poles in terms of uh, their approaches to music. Brahms, of course, being the guy who's all about music being abstract. And do we see the relationships between music and images and words? And so it's a great contrast and a beautiful way to construct a program, I think. Can you tell me about your choice of image, book one? Yes, and um, it's it's uh, just also going off of what you were just saying. Now it's um, one of the um, you know themes behind this this project that I've got of doing all the Brahms late pieces, you know, putting them with other things is that um, that Brahms um, has more connections than you might think at first, yeah. and you know certainly um, I, I'm I'm sure that that Debussy himself never was not a big fan of Brahms um, as, as you know he he's very selective in German music especially and and he did not like things Brahms has this reputation of being very um, very rational and very you know constructed and um, but I you know I, I think that um, it, they they have a few connections just as people alive in the late 19th century um, and then it 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 always was held by certain 20th century composers too that um, that Brahms was really in some ways um, he wasn't um, as as he was portrayed in his time as a um, you know a conservative or a reactionary composer even uh, looking back and you know writing in in old forms but um, but these pieces especially um, which are are just called intermezzo or capriccio or whatever um, they they you know they they may have allowed Brahms to to free up um, uh, some more spontaneous ideas or construction or whatever. And, and you know, I think when I hear um, uh, the middle part of the last intermezzo, for example, we just played, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's, not, um, it's not so, so, so far away from WC. It's, ah. um, mm -hmm. it's, it's um, you said abstraction just a minute ago. There are different kinds of abstraction and, um, and we'll hear in the image too um, that um, Debussy is very abstract in a way, but in a you know a different way. He he takes away um, uh, the melody basically, <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. you know it, it 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 comes at you in small snippets, and and that that to me seems very similar to what Brahms was doing. It's sort of a stream of consciousness um, approach, which that was a, a preoccupation of of many different artists in many different fields at that time. So. Um, you know, so Brahms, um, at the end of his life, um, you know, happened upon that too, or found a way to use it um, that maybe wasn't so different. Um, and you know, the the way I've put the program together too is um, um, is kind of um, this set of um, of three intermezzi. This is some of the most um, to me, the most uh, intimate or introspective Brahms, um, and the WC has this quality too, um, almost as if he was trying to get you inside his head. Yeah. Um, and 
And then the, um, the other two pieces, the, the Rhapsodies that will come later, then they're, they're much like sort of rougher and more, um, more physical or extroverted. And, and so, you know. And from a much earlier time, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, even in these later pieces, Brahms sometimes has this quality, um, but, um, you know, but, but yeah, the, the trend certainly was, was as, especially as the last group, groups of pieces, um, then they become more uh, intimate. Um, and uh, I like the fact also um, when putting these together, um, Debussy loved to write um, groups of three pieces. He, he um, you know, most of his suites of, you know, Estamp, he called them, or their two books of image. Um, they come in groups of three, usually as it is here, it's like a slow piece, a slow piece, and a faster piece. And, um, and so I thought that was um, a, an interesting coincidence mm -hmm. um, to put three Brahms pieces. I could do that, three Brahms pieces with three WC pieces, connects them a little bit. Well, why don't we hear then the image book one of Debussy, and uh, they are Reflets dans l'eau, Reflections in the Water, Hommage à Rameau, and Mouvement. Here is Matt Havel.
We've just heard Image Book One by Debussy, Reflet dans l'eau, Hommage à Rameau, and Mouvement. Performed by Matthew Hagel, our guest tonight in the Levin Performance Studio. More Brahms to come and music by Bartok as well on this program. Right now, though, we'll take a break. Jan? Thanks, Jan. And we're back in the Levin Performance Studio with Matthew Hagel. We're going to hear music of Brahms shortly. But first, Matt, uh, tell me what you've been up to. Uh, we talked when we were off the air about mm -hmm. the fact that uh, during the pandemic there was lots of time to practice, but now we're sort of getting out of our hibernation and playing about, and yeah. where can we hear you, and maybe even you and your wife? Right, well, my, my wife and I um, are often found at the Chicago Duo Piano Festival, um, which, um, and that'll be the case this, this July, early July, um, which is, a, you know, it's a wonderful event, it takes place in Evanston at um, Music Institute of Chicago, and, um, and uh, it's, it's um, kind of a showcase for, um, for, you know, for, for kids to come and learn for a week. Um, they, they learn with different teachers and then um, perform at the end of the week, and then the, the faculty play also, so, you know, my wife, and I always play then, so that's that's the next time I'll be playing. And we should mention that was founded by Claire and Ralph, right? Who yeah, are frequent Wonderful. guests in here too. Yeah, yeah, and um, and then um, I'm also going to be playing in November on uh, on MIC's um, concert series, which um, which has a bunch of wonderful things on it, and um, and I'll, I'll be doing um, just a program, um, many different pieces, sort of starting with Bach and like spreading out. Um, into the 20th century and, and back, so that's Great. that's uh, that's what I'll be practicing after tonight. Good, yeah. good. Let's talk more about Brahms, and this is from another time, and so uh, he's writing different music, of course, and maybe we should mention the fact that uh, this was dedicated to his very good friend Elizabeth von Herzogenberg, mm -hmm. and he was very, very dear to to him. She was very dear to yeah. him. Um, do you think there's any relationship between that relationship and this music? Um, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, uh, I, I hadn't, I, I, I don't think of it as particularly, for Brahms, you know, I, Brahms always has a very, like, lyrical side, but as I was saying to you before, I, um, you, you know, I, I think of this as, as more, when he writes, he writes a few other pieces uh, and calls them, um, Rhapsody. There, one of the very last piece that he wrote for solo piano is the last of Opus One Nineteen. Is, is yeah. a, uh, also a rhapsody, and it's a pretty you know muscular um, piece. So I, I tend to think of that as as being um, uh, as being Brahms. What Brahms means, you know, when he writes rhapsody, or um, or you know, there's a ballad in Opus. Um, right. Uh, 118 that, that also is this 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 same kind of um, you know rugged quality and um, um, you know from what I know which is not much of, of uh, Herzogenberg's of her her music um, then um, it, well it's kind of like Brahms but it, it it it's it's not and people have said also this is not like um, for Brahms it might be rhapsodic um, but it's 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 highly structured, um, and um, and you know, I try to think of it as being sort of rhapsodic, um, in emotional tone, but but not in like construction. Not that it's not put together 
um, haphazardly because Brahms oh, no, didn't tend to, to do that. Um, yeah. But um, but it does have sort of shifting moods and and um, and then um, you know Brahms was was um, uh, was very well read though he you know he didn't um, as as you said before he didn't necessarily uh, um, he didn't intertwine literature and music the same way that you know Wagner had sort of cornered the market on that right. at that point and and they were very different um, but um, one, one of the things I think that he probably knew well was like there was there was um, um, a collection by um, a poet called Ossian um, earlier in the, in the century and it I think it actually it would turn out to be a fake but it was um, it was sort of like um, Celtic um, bardic songs mm -hmm. and and um, and when when I think of Brahms writing, um, you know, rhapsodies or things, you know, things like that, then um, I, I think he would have. I I imagine him as thinking of those, um, you know. So so something um, a little bit more heroic, but also um, uh, maybe simpler in melodic construction. Okay. So there are two of these. They are his Opus seventy nine. They're marked agitato and molto passionato, manontropo allegro. Here's pianist Matt Hagel.
Music of Brahms with the two Rhapsodies, Opus 79, played for us by pianist Matthew Hagel. There is more to come, music of Bela Bartok, but right now we'll take another break. Jen? Thanks, Jen. We're back in the studio with Matthew Hagel. We have one more piece on the program this evening, and it is Bela Bartok's Out of Doors, which many people refer to as a suite, but Bartok apparently didn't think of it that way. He would play these pieces uh, individually, and I think he rarely performed them all together, but they work very well, certainly, as a suite. And uh, is it fair to say that with this that you programmed, you've given us another approach to the piano? We've had uh, Brahms writing music, which is absolute music, although, as you pointed out, there are emotions there which are certainly evoked. We have Debussy, who's not afraid of evoking specific images with his music. But we have Bar Bartok here, which is perhaps the, the gentleman evoking the most specific programmatic elements in music yet this evening, and also taking a more percussive approach to the piano than either of the composers we've heard so far. Although certainly in the Brahms we just heard, there was plenty of percussive sounding music going on. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, yeah, sure. And and um, the the Bartok really, I mean, I think of it as a piece, well, we put WC, um, especially in, in, in a particular box and label it Impressionist. Um, and then you can, you can, of course, like with any composer, you can find many more things than just that. But I think this really is an impressionist piece. It, it's it's you know it's really um, descriptive music, and um, it, it's it's um, the fourth movement in particular um, is uh, you know um, any great composer um, will have like invented sort of a style that that's their own. You know whether it's it's. Um, it's it's you know Debussy or Brahms or you know Mendelssohn's like scherzando music and and so on and and the, this fourth movement is is this is Bartok it's um, you know um, creepy eerie mysterious night music he yeah. calls it and um, and it's 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 what you I I think I've heard it myself you know walking out in the country at night you yeah know, if you um, and it's, so you it's it's and um, one thing about um, uh, Bartok he's he's um, He's fairly realistic in a way. I mean, you, you can you can actually kind of hear like you know cicadas or or frogs, frogs or whatever in yeah. in this and um, and and that that was um, I, I was I was thinking during the break you know while while we were, we were talking about or I was thinking about comparisons between the Brahms and the Bartok. Actually, Bartok um, when he first started writing music, um, some of the first pieces that he wrote are are they're tonal and not. They're they're pianistically kind of like yeah. Brahms, Brahms of like the second concerto or, or you know big big pieces. And then um, when he um, was able to bring folk music into uh, into his language, then he you know he changed the way that he wrote his music. But um, he he was obviously he was a, a a very fine pianist in not only his own music too. There are recordings of him playing um, Beethoven violin sonatas and. You know, in a lot of his own pieces too, and then um, he is not as percussive a pianist himself as um, as you would think to mm. hear him um, or to see what 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 he wrote down. And um, these um, the in this piece, it's really 
or, or suite or group of pieces, whatever you want to call it, then it's really the first movement and the last that are the most um, gritty in this way. And then um, uh, the middle movements have like dissonance in them, but um, but but not used in there. They're, they're um, actually very delicate in some places, um, in many places. And, and um, so it, it's, um, um, it's hearing Bartok play his own music, then you, 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 you get a different angle on that. You might put him closer to Brahms than, than we would think. Huh. Um, and um, so, but on paper it's, it's you know, and, and, and these are sounds that, um, that um, that were not used before, really, by right. anybody else. Brahms does um, use big chords, and then I think one of the um, the differences between the earlier Brahms pieces and then, or the ones I played earlier, the, actually later, but uh, the Opus 117 and then the, the bigger pieces, just is the amount of the keyboard that you know that you you spend. And Bartok, um, as you'll see when when we do the piece, then he he starts right out at the beginning at the very bottom of the keyboard, which is an area that earlier composers didn't, didn't have or didn't use. Um, and, um, and then it's, um, I think it can sound kind of aggressive, but it is actually meant to sound almost like, like um, festive, like, you know, kids banging on a pan or something. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and, you know, so it's, 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 it's sort of, how you approach it, and then uh, and then there is there is maybe more Brahms. I'm not really suggesting that that they're the same guy, but um, but you know, but but that's where that's part of um, the interest in putting all these pieces together is yeah. that you know they, they they do bleed into one you see another. the influences. Yeah, you see the influences. Yeah, right. Well, let's hear this then. Aldo Doors to conclude the movements with drums and pipes, Barcarola. Musettes, night music, and the chase.
Out of Doors by Bela Bartok. Bringing us to the end of this recital by pianist Matthew Hagel. Earlier we heard the three intermezzi, Opus 117 by Brahms, Image Book One by Debussy, and just before the Bartok, more Brahms, the two Opus 79 Rhapsodies. Our thanks to Matt for this wonderful recital tonight. And if you'd like to know more about his activities, do check out matthagel.com. Thanks to him. Thanks also to my co-producer, Louise Frank, to our music producer, Max LeBien, and to our production assistant, Ella Pinslu. Video of tonight's concert can be found at wfmt.com or WFMT's Facebook and YouTube channels. We hope you can join us again next week when our guests will be the Orion Ensemble and friends. I'm Kerry Frumkin, host and producer of these programs, hoping you'll be with us again next Monday night at 8 for more music and performance live from WFMT.